0: priming, and contamination. Suppose you ask subjects to press one button if a string of letters forms a word, and another button if the string does not form a word, e.g., banak versus banner. Then you show them the string water. Later, they will more quickly identify the string drink as a word. This is known as cognitive priming. This particular form would be semantic priming or conceptual priming. The fascinating thing about priming is that it occurs at such a low level. Priming speeds up identifying letters as forming a word, which one would expect to take place before you deliberate on the word's meaning. Priming also reveals the massive parallelism of spreading activation. If seeing water activates the word drink, it probably also activates river or cup or splash. And this activation spreads from the semantic linkage of concepts all the way back to recognizing strings of letters. Priming is subconscious and unstoppable, an artifact of the human neural architecture. Trying to stop yourself from priming is like trying to stop the spreading activation of your own neural circuits. Try to say out loud the color, not the meaning, but the color of the following letter string. The string is G-R-E-E-N, but it's printed in red. In Moosweiler and Strack from 2000, subjects were asked the anchoring question, Is the annual mean temperature in Germany higher or lower than 5 degrees Celsius or 20 degrees Celsius? Afterward, on a word identification task, subjects presented with the 5 degrees Celsius anchor were faster on identifying words like cold and snow, while subjects with the high anchor were faster to identify hot and sun. This shows a non-adjustment mechanism for anchoring, priming compatible thoughts and memories. The more general result is that completely uninformative, known-false, or totally irrelevant information can influence estimates and decisions. In the field of heuristics and biases, this more general phenomenon is known as contamination, according to Chapman and Johnson from 2002. Early research in heuristics and biases discovered anchoring effects such as subjects giving lower or higher estimates of the percentage of U.N. countries found within Africa, depending on whether they were first asked if the percentage was more or less than 10. That's 65%. This effect was originally attributed to subjects adjusting from the anchor as a starting point, stopping as soon as they reached a plausible value, and under-adjusting because they were stopping at one end of a confidence interval this according to Tversky and Kahneman from 1974. Tversky and Kahneman's early hypothesis still appears to be the correct explanation in some circumstances, notably when subjects generate the initial estimate themselves, according to Epley and Gilovich in 2001, but modern research seems to show that most anchoring is actually due to contamination, not sliding adjustment. Your grocery store probably has annoying signs saying, Limit 12 per customer, or 5 for $10. Are these signs effective at getting customers to buy in larger quantities? You probably think you're not influenced, but someone must be because these signs have been shown to work, which is why stores keep putting them up, according to Wansink et al. in 1998. Yet, the most fearsome aspect of contamination is that it serves as yet another of the thousand faces of contamination bias, Once an idea gets into your head, it primes information compatible with it and thereby ensures its continued existence. Never mind the selection pressures for winning political arguments. Contamination bias is built directly into our hardware, associational networks priming compatible thoughts and memories, an unfortunate side effect of our existence as neural creatures. A single, fleeting image can be enough to prime associated words for recognition, Don't think it takes anything more to set confirmation bias in motion. All it takes is that one quick flash, and the bottom line is already decided. For we change our minds far less often than we think.